Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Refuse to Lose podcast. I'm Jake Duke from Fox Sports and KO. Thank you very much for joining me. My chat today is with UFC world champion Alex Volkanovsky as he prepares to defend his featherweight crown at UFC 266 a little bit later in the year against Brian Ortega. Now, obviously, in this chat, we speak about that fight, but we also cover off a number of other things, including his newfound attitude towards criticism, his mindset on what it takes to become a world champion, and also we have a broader conversation about mixed martial arts popularity in Australia and how it can grow. So I really hope you enjoy my chat with Alex Volkanovsky. He's one of the great characters of Australian sport, and I hope you learn something. Well, Alex Volkanovsky, thank you so much for joining the Refuse to Lose podcast and, and KO Sport. It's a pleasure to have you on, a, a world champion. Uh, mate, how are you doing? No, mate, I'm really good. Uh, you know, just doing what we've got to do. Obviously, we're in these uh, crazy times that we're in here in uh, New South Wales or most of the country anyway, but uh, just doing what we've got to do uh, to move forward. But, mate, I'm all good. Refuse to you to lose. I like that one. That's something that I've uh, been using uh, my whole career, actually, even before I was in the UFC. I refuse to lose. I was going to say, uh, it sums like you up. One. It sums you up uh, yeah. pretty well, man. And right now you're preparing for UFC 266, defending your featherweight crown. Uh, we can see uh, the, the UFC belt there just above your shoulder. It's obviously not the real belt, but that's, that's pretty cool. That's, that's the belt there. Yeah, man, it is. It is cool. So I took a photo of my, uh, of my belt, like a nice close-up of my belt. And uh, that's done with a pen. So Brendan, uh, he did that. Uh, and just, yeah, mate, done it like 3D. It actually looks really, really good. I don't know if you could see it clear, but um, it's actually unreal, mate. I love it. How, I mean, it's a, it's a crazy belt to own too, isn't it? The, the UFC featherweight belt, such a prestigious belt. Only four guys have ever held it. Yourself, Max Holloway, Jose, Jose Aldo, and Conor McGregor. I mean that's what a what a company to be in. Yeah, man, that's a it's that's true. I was actually a bit funny with the the new belts uh, when they first come in because you know you had the UFC belt, the original one that was always there, and then you had the the new belts that that, that come in. Uh, but I, I remember at first I, I wasn't sure about it, but you know I've grown to it now that I, I've held it in my like. It, it's good, man. It's like it looks like just a big, solid plate of gold. Like you know what I mean? It's uh, got all big chunks of gold coming poking out of here, and it's uh, it's it's cool. But yeah, man, to be uh, you know, along some of their names, you know what I mean? It's uh, it's it's an honour to, to obviously have this belt in a in a division with you with guys like Conor McGregor, Max, and Aldo. You know what I mean? But uh, all three of them, uh, obviously, huge names in the sport, done a lot for the sport, and. Now I'm up there with him and, you know, I'm the best featherweight in the world at the moment and that belt ain't going nowhere, staying here in Australia. So that's what it matters. <laughs> we love to hear it, brother. We love to hear it. Look, tell me about the fight coming up against Brian Ortega, 266 in September. How are you preparing, and especially considering everything that's going on in the world in, in Sydney and, and, and Wollongong and stuff where you are now, lockdown, has that had any effect on your preparation? Uh the last uh, couple of weeks, it's been a, a little bit tricky. We just have to, before we get to camp, we have to, you know, get the exemptions and get everything uh, sorted uh, and all the protocols uh, down pat because, uh, you know, obviously we've done that before. For the first uh, time, I defended my belt against Max last year in the middle of COVID. Um, but there's a couple of things have changed. Obviously, there's a, you know, it's getting pretty strict. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a, a lot of uh, new things that are, 
that are happening. So you know, we're just sorting all that stuff now. But I mean, we're we're getting uh, that exemption sorted as we speak, and uh, yeah, so it's all it's all good. But I'll have a full camp. I'll still have the, the same guys that we did for the last few. Uh, we're just sorting all that now, so uh, everything's smooth sailing as soon as camp starts, which will be uh, within the next uh, week and a bit. Well, we we appreciate your time for, for chatting to us uh, so close to the fight and, and before you get into to prep. We'll get into the fight a little bit more uh, in a sec, but I want to get to know you a little bit better. And I'm I, obviously doing a bit of reading about you. And um, well, you might notice actually in the background, I, I'm in a sitting in a hotel because I'm in hotel quarantine at the moment in Queensland oh, wow. trying to get into uh, do the rugby league season. And I did uh, do some reading on you, and, and you played a bit of rugby league. But the thing that stood stood out to me most the fact that you weighed, I think, ninety seven kilograms when you were playing footy, and you now play, you fight at what sixty six around that mark. Mm-hmm. How did yep. you, the weight fluctuations, man? That's crazy. It is. A, that is a pretty wild, uh, especially when you look at it, like 30, 30 kilos from you know the heaviest I've probably been. What I, well, I was playing at that weight for. A couple of years, you know, I was always in the 90 kilograms, you know, the most I ever got to was about, you know, 97, maybe, maybe plus, uh, which is uh, pretty crazy for someone five foot, uh, five foot six, uh, playing front row as well. So that was another, another wild front one, you row. know, <laughs> <laughs> so I was a front rower now fighting in the, in the featherweight division, which is pretty crazy, but you know, it, it does, it adds to the story. You know what I mean? Uh, I've done a few sports. I even played soccer. From when I was younger, wrestled, like I wrestled, played so- uh, soccer, wrestled, uh, rugby league, and now UFC. But, you know, I've always been pretty handy at, at everything. I've always been pretty uh, athletic, you could say. But uh, UFC is definitely, uh, definitely the one for me. But, mate, that that transition, uh, I wouldn't say it wasn't easy. It wasn't overnight. It was a slow process. That's why I fought at every division. You know, I fought at middleweight, welterweight, lightweight, and featherweight, just slowly bringing my way down. So my first few fights were all at middleweight, uh, and then I just gradually went down. So it wasn't a, it wasn't something that happened overnight. But through hard work and you know discipline, and you played a bit of footy. You, you said you did a lot of sport and stuff. Um, and I've also seen you got a cooking channel, uh, and you cook a little bit. Well, what's one thing you're not good at? There's just a couple of random questions. But what 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 don't you exceed at? One thing I'm not good at. All right, mate. That's gonna be hard to find sometimes. <laughs> um, I know there's been something that I've. There's a few things that I always say that I'm not I'm just trying to think out of the sports that of all the sports I've done. Uh, it would have to be soccer. I was probably wasn't the best at. at so uh, I'll probably just go with, with soccer. I wasn't too bad, but I mean, uh, compared to every other sport that I've done. Uh, me just kicking the balls not good enough. No, it's not physical enough. You know, I need to get my hands on people and ragdoll them a bit. You know, move, use a bit of muscle. That's something that I, I'm good when I need to use muscle and things like that. Uh, but I'm pretty, I think I'm pretty uh, coordinated, so I'm not bad anyway. But I'll say, I'll say soccer just because it was the worst sport I was at. All right, yeah, not not physical enough. Fair enough. That it makes sense for a UFC fighter. What about uh, superstitions before you play any sport? I always ask athletes that and they've got weird things they have to do before every little fight or match to make sure they perform. Do you have anything? Mate, it's a, I used to do, do, do a few. Like I used to have things and, uh, you know, be in my head like, you know, you've got to do them, yeah, superstition, all that type of stuff. But now I'm like, you know, you know, telling myself that shit doesn't matter. You know, you don't need to, you don't need to think of that type of stuff. But I still do some, some things. But uh, I remember I used to have a, a pair of undies that I always wore at fights, but you know they they're not going to last forever, so you know, you're always going to have to change that. But um, I, I usually wear a, a cross. I've got a chain that I that I always wear when I'm backstage, and then once I start warming up, I, I give it to uh, Joe, 
my coach Joe Lopez uh, to wear while I'm training it and while I fight. Yeah, okay. So you're a religious man, are you? Yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty religious man. Just so uh, it's something that I've uh, always done every fight as well. And, uh, you know, I've just always had it. And then as soon as I took it off, I just gave it a, to Joe. And now it's the, a thing that we do. So even he's like, oh, yeah. even he reminds me sometimes. Uh, I think it's something that he sort of uh, jumps along with. So he's not, he, I don't think he's religious, but I mean, it's still a superstition that we do. So he doesn't want to break that. So even he reminds me sometimes. But uh, yeah. It's just something that uh, something that I've, we've always done. Well, it seems to be working. Uh, undefeated <laughs> in the UFC at the moment and, and on, on a killer fight streak. But uh, what about this? So you, we were saying before, uh, when we were talking off air, that you've done your fair share of quarantine before. I'm sitting in two weeks now. It's only day two, and I feel like I'm going a bit mad already. What do you do to kill time? What, what's, I mean, the weirdest thing that you've, you've uh, you got up to? And keep it PG, would you? Yeah, uh, mate. There's there's not much you can do. And luckily enough, for a while I was in there, I had a, I had some exercises. Like had some uh, things to do, some exercises. I had a, a bit of space to do that. Uh, cooking, cooking, mate. That's I got my YouTube channel. That's where it all started while I was in quarantine. I was like, you know what? I'll just start cooking now. Not really, but I mean, I love my cooking, so I'll kill time whatever way I can. Podcast and do all that type of stuff. But nothing weird. No, I can't say anything weird keeping a PG, so I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> uh, mate, the, the cooking, does that come from uh, you got Greek and, and Macedonian background? Is that where the cooking comes in? There's a bit of family stuff? Yeah, man. It, yeah, it has. You know, the, you know, love, I've cooked the Macedonian and Greek food. I love all that. We've always loved barbecues and, you know, even the, the sort of Macedonian-style barbecues, the Greek-style barbecues, all that type of stuff. And I've always uh, I've always loved it. I've always been the type of person that always hanged around the barbecue, helped my old man while he was uh, cooking and, and things like that. But not just that. You know, my parents were, uh, you know, hard workers. You know, they're doing what they had to do to, to – provide the food on the table. So there was a lot of times where I had to cook for myself, even at a very young age. So even though lucky enough, I, I enjoyed it. I probably didn't like it as much when I was younger, but and I began to really, really love it. But, you know, I was at, at a young age, I was cooking my own like dinner and lunch and things like that. And so, uh, you know, at the age of like 10 or something, I was cooking my own spaghetti bolognese and, and all that type of stuff. So uh, I'm grateful for it. Obviously I learned to be pretty independent at, at a reasonably young age, but you know, the parents, uh, again, to, to put food on the table were always working uh, and there was always different hours that they had to work. So uh, I think that's where a lot of it, it came from. And plus, you know, I love it and I've always loved eating. That's why I was 97 kg. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I always loved my burek. I always loved the, I loved all of that. So it was always, a, you know, just a big part of growing up. That was one thing that I do remember that your people ask, you, man, how are you so big? Just the way we used to eat, me and my brother, like we even when we go camping and that were my cousins and like when we were younger, they used to just blow out by the amount of food that we used to bring. Uh, I've always been the type of guy that I had to finish my plate, and mind you, the plate was absolutely stacked, and I would have like six pieces of bread um, with with the full plate of food. You know what I mean? And I would always finish it. every meal. I had to be full. I had to be completely full. Uh, which now, uh, you know, as a being in the in, in the sort of a sport that we are and weight cutting and all that, I'm starting. Uh, I think my stomach's finally after ten years starting to shrink a little, um, where I, I do reasonably get full from a, a decent portion of meal. But before, mate, like uh, I would literally be starving 
24-7 it felt like because I was just I was so used to eating like a monster uh, my whole life that my, my stomach was always bigger even though I was there dieting my stomach because I had my cheat meals on the weekend um, I would uh, go I'd eat so much of my cheat meals that my stomach would still stay big ready for that 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 meal but all week i'll just be starving so it's uh, it's funny but i think my stomach has finally started to shrink so thank god for that mate i i feel you i feel you. i'm the exact same i gotta eat everything that's on the plate and you know I've, i know there's people that uh like have chocolate in their fridge and they leave it there or they leave food in the fridge and they can just nibble on it for days i'm just eat it all is that what you're like just it's got to be gone right now i feel like i can Leave chocolate, and I'll pick at it here and there. But you're right, mate. Back in the day, I would, uh, I would literally just if there was a block, it's gone straight away. And mate, when I talk about these uh, cheap meals or whatever you want to call them, uh, what I would have in that sitting is, uh, you know, it's embarrassing to even talk about. And we talk about block of chocolate, and I'd have the meals I would have like family meals to myself, and then I would have a block of chocolate, a bag of uh, pods. Uh, you know what I mean? A packet of chips. I mean, like, a, like, and when I say a bag of pods, a family pack of pods, you know, things like that. Like, I mean, like, it was very, very unhealthy. I'd, you know, starve myself all week. Not starve myself, but you know, diet, you know, really hard all week, and then do that to myself. Where now, you know, I've got a nutritionist on board, and you know, we, we've got a bit better control of all that, and you know, I'm finally seeing the the benefits from it. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I need a nutritionist. So I don't have the uh, I don't have the budget for it. But now I, it takes I, time, my brother. <laughs> it takes time. Let me tell you. <laughs> I hope it kicks in soon. Um, I just want to ask, man, because uh, we were talking about quarantine and stuff before, and obviously the reason we're all in this is is COVID nineteen. I know it's a bit of a, a change of tune, but uh, I just wanted to see how how you're feeling now. I know you you had COVID nineteen. You had the Delta strain, and it rattled you for a bit there. You were like really unwell um i guess i know you've talked about it a fair bit but uh, just looking back on it now how bad it got and, and how you're feeling now yeah man it was a it was a bit of, of a surprise because I'll, I'll be honest you know me being young healthy and uh you know i wouldn't say i was a skeptic but i mean like i was uh still like you know i'm young healthy i'll be fine you know what i mean it's not a big worry so uh hearing the news that you pulled out of a fight for something at the time only had mild symptoms i'm like a little bit headache and i just thought that's oh, because i'm in vegas i'm like what they're really I, i'm not fighting i'm not defending my belt for this like what's going on and then as the days went on and obviously started rattling me more and more uh and uh yeah man it, it definitely it definitely rattled me it definitely changed uh, my my perspective on the on the whole thing because uh me being young and healthy yeah i was still obviously in camp at the end of camp so i, I was uh put my body through a fair bit but at the same time I, I was still healthy and fit and it absolutely rattled me and uh I, you know oh there was probably like five six weeks where i had to after so obviously i had to not train at all and get better and get healthy but as soon as i could start to move the body i had to start it like you know yeah start off walking but then it'll be like 50 percent of training and then 60 then 70 you know and just ease my way into into like full you know 100 capacity top top training which you know, was hard for me because I'm the type of guy that I just want to go flat stick straight away. You know, I don't like just going 50%. But, um, you know, luckily, you know, I had the UFC did a great job and, you know, all the doctors were telling me, look, you know, you just need to be careful. Obviously, hit your lungs pretty hard. Uh, you know, we don't want to we don't want to have a long-lasting, you know, scar tissue and lung problems. So let's just ease into it, you know, take all the protocols and do everything properly. And I did. And, you know, now I'm fine. I'm 100%. I can... Uh, do whatever training, smash it 100%, and 
and my lungs uh, feel fine. So, you know, I'm just grateful that I don't have no scar tissue, uh, you know. So that's that's something that I'm happy about. But, yeah, it definitely uh, caught me by surprise, especially how much it affected me too. Were you scared there at any point, the fact that, you know, your, your heart rate was getting quite low at times and, you know, it's a worry. That, it's worrying when that happens. That that was a that was a worrying. Like again, a, you know, the last thing you want to do. You hear stories of you know other UFC fighters that you know had lung problems and they're still uh, affected from it now. Like you know, you got Hazmat, uh, even Cody Garbrandt. He's he's okay now. He's fought, but Hazmat still hasn't fought. Uh, he's been like he was going to retire. You're hearing all these things like that, and you're like, because he just had ongoing uh, problems. And I was like, man, it's all scary. I was like, this could affect my career so that that's something that's definitely on your mind uh, and then you you start doing the the google doctor and all that you, you you're, you're by yourself a lot you know what i mean in, in the room doing quarantine uh you're hearing about it you know obviously the breathing was getting really really hard and my chest was hurting a lot so i started thinking you know why is my chest hurting is this like affecting my, my my heart so i started looking symptoms for the heart and they're like telling me that lower heart rate is a is a symptom and all this type of stuff and like and I'm, that's when i started freaking out a lot because uh, the doctors even told me that because i asked them about it i'm like can this get into your, your heart and that they, it can you know and like you know what are things that you need to, that that might happen if if that was the case and he said you know your heart rate would get lower and all that and i'm like because i had a, a ring that i was wearing it's a aura ring and that uh just you know, get, get your heart rate, it gets your sleeping patterns and how long you sleep, it gets everything, all the data. And I was keeping an eye over it while I had COVID and you could just see declines in certain things and like, you know, spikes, declines in all different areas. And that was something that I, I noticed that every day my heart rate was just getting lower and lower. And then uh, as soon as they said that, I freaked out a little bit. And then I had doctors waking me up in the middle of the night telling me, you know, what's um, oh, you know, I was just checking up, your, your heart rate's a bit lower. They've, they've been keeping an eye on you all night. Because uh, my, my heart rate was at like 35 all night, just, just cruising at 35 beats per minute, which is really low. Obviously, I'm fit, but, um, you know, that's that's low even for, even for me. So that was something that I was like, man, what's going on? So I you know, had to wait till the doctors come in and I just picked their brains and they, were, they assured me that, look, you know, it's, a, it's not that. I think it's, you know, probably from the medication and all that type of stuff. So... Um, so yeah, so it was okay. That 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 made me feel a little bit better, but it, de- it definitely was a a couple of scares while all that was happening. Well, that is crazy, man. I, and I know that it cancelled uh, your first title defense against. Um, well, it wasn't your first title defense, but against Brian Ortega, and and now you guys are obviously fighting again on, on two six six. But but since then, you've done the Ultimate Fighter as well, uh, where you guys were coaches. And I mean, where's where's the relationship at between you two guys? Kind of coming into this fight now. After more time together, man, it's it's probably a good thing. Obviously, it's not a good thing. I got COVID. Uh, you know, I would have rather just defend my belt. But I mean, at least now there's a, you know, there's there's you know, we, there was all respect before. You know, I didn't know the bloke. He didn't know me. Uh, so you know, there was no time spent to each other. So there was no reason for me to just have a go at the bloke because that's not who I am. You know, I'm not the type of guy that I'm not just gonna start picking at someone and, and, you know, insulting them, their families and all that just for no reason. That's not who I am. And, it's you know, that's not what I'm about. But the fact that I got to know him and, you know, I, I don't like the guy now, you know what I mean? So now I feel comfortable if I want to pick at him and call him a piece of shit, I'm going to call him a piece of shit, you know what I mean? Like, and I don't care. I won't feel bad about it because, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not too fond of the bloke. Uh, again, it's just that uh, you know, when you don't know too much about someone, 
you know, you don't know, but being being there with with a guy competing again, you've got to remember we we're competing. We've got Team Volkanovski versus, uh, you know, Team <clears throat> Team uh, Ortega, and obviously it was a slow start for us. And you could see the ego. You could see, you know, when they thought, and then watching the episodes, and you could just see the the arrogance and the way they are. And I'm the best coach in the world. You're on a tiger time. Little comments like that. I'm like, look at these guys. I go, all right, just keep that same energy. Let's see if you keep that same energy. Um, you know, obviously, I don't want to spoil it for people that haven't watched it, but but you know, we're obviously turning that around, and they're obviously quiet. You don't hear them chirping and and. Uh, you know, sitting there parading around the house anymore and carrying on like they did. And you don't see me doing that. Because, again, you know, the last thing I want to do is is go to the house and start parading in front of people that lost. Fair enough. I want to sell, you know, you want to celebrate with, with your guys. I'm going to celebrate straight after the fight. Well done, you know what I mean, obviously, and things like that. But I'm not going to go back to the house because you've got to remember there's a winner and there's a loser. Most of the time you're not hanging around a loser. If they choose to hang around you, all right, different story. But they don't have a, a choice. They're going to be stuck in this house, already doing their head in. The last thing I want to do there is go parading around and rub it in, even saying things like, yeah, 4 no, you know what I mean, yeah, yeah, things like that, uh, which he did, uh, which the boys were a bit dirty and they told me about. So that's something that I was like, oh, all right, yeah, you, you guys want to be like that? Sweet. No worries. So, again, uh, even a couple of the coaches, uh, you know, some of the comments they'll make, and I just think that's just, yeah, the I don't like the guys. So it's good now that we've turned it around. Let's see how long we can keep this streak for. But I think it's good. It's it, it sort of uh, built a bit of animosity and, you know, there, there's a bit of a hate here. And again, you know, next time we're in front of each other, I'm sure there's going to be words said. And uh, I know he thinks he's gangster. You know what I mean? He full plays his whole gangster. Nice guy, but I'm gangster type guy. You know what I mean? And if he wants to try that uh, shit on me, you know what I mean? Put it this way. You know, I'm not a pop star uh, singer with that you can slap and I'm not going to do nothing back you know again I don't know if you know about the Korean zombie and uh, went to the toilet and he slapped uh, his translator uh, but again things like that you know what I mean you can play gangster but I ain't just going to play once you, you do you put your hands on me so you know I'm, I'm not that type of guy I ain't going to start you know fist fighting straight away but you want to play gangster be ready for something to come back at you that's all I'm saying exactly right and hopefully uh, you can Silence him for good, bro, on uh, in, in UFC 266. I will. Which we are really looking forward to. Actually, I wanted to know, because the Ultimate Fighter, you're obviously a coach now, but did you did you try out for the Ultimate Fighter when you were trying to crack it in the UFC? And, and, and I, I guess And I guess the question is then, how do you go from, you know, you didn't, you didn't make it, obviously, to turning it around to being a, a UFC champion, a world champion, and undefeated in the UFC? Like, was it... Was there something that you didn't have back there or did they did not see something in you that was there? Like, How did that whole turnaround happen in such a short space of time? Man, it's, it's a timing thing as well. Uh, it was uh, back when I, I was heavier. So, you know, I told you I fought at every division. This was still when I was at uh, welterweight. So I tried out for the welterweight division. Um, I was, I think I was three and one at the time. So I just had my first loss. Um, so the timing wasn't the best. Uh, I made it through certain bits and then, uh, yeah, I didn't, didn't make it all the way. Uh, there was guys that made it further than me uh, that I beat. You know what I mean? There was guys in the UFC that I beat at one stage. You know what I mean? Like it's, so it's crazy to think that, um, you know, that things like that would happen. You know, I didn't get on the show and now I'm the, the champ and I'm coaching the damn show. You know what I mean? And so it's actually a cool story in itself. Uh, and, and it's good. Like you, you sort of forget about it and then, you, you know, the topic gets brung up and you're, you're like, ah, it's pretty cool, isn't it? Like, you know what I mean? Like, 
these guys want to turn me down now. Now they're asking me to coach the thing. So, uh, yeah, man, it's cool. Cool story. And, but I mean, I think it was just a, a timing thing, you know what I mean? Just a timing thing. And I think everything happens for a reason anyway. So, you know, it was a division I shouldn't have. It was very early in my career. Maybe I would have went in there. Maybe I would have got beat up, you know what I mean? And, and they didn't look at me for a long time. You know, you had your chance. We're not interested. You know what I mean? You never know. So uh, uh, that's how I am. You know, I just try and find positives out of everything, even really negative things. I'll find positives and just to keep moving forward. So I keep pushing, stay motivated. Uh, and it all ends up working out in the end. So the same as with this whole COVID thing that I had, how do you stay positive for a time like that? I was like, you know, something will come out, you know, don't stress. Bang, you know, I get a phone call, your 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 head coach. Now I get to put hands on a guy that I don't like uh, later in the year. Yeah, I wish I got to fight before, but, you know, I got to be on a show that I've always loved and always wanted to be a part of. Uh, coach against a, a guy that, yeah, now I, I got to got to know him and I don't like the guy. So now I get to beat up someone I don't like. It's happened before, uh, but not very often, where it's always fun when you get to put your hands on guys you don't like. So... I'm looking forward to it. Tell me about uh, that. Do you still have that chip on your shoulder? Do you think? Because I've seen, I saw interviews, I watched interviews with you, and you talked about you love the fact that you're still an underdog. You're the champion. You defended your belt a couple of times, um, or against Max, and um, but still, there's people that that doubt you, and you love the fact that they still don't rate you, and you and you can use that. Yeah, man, I love that. I absolutely love it. Look, you're being champion and. You know, it's probably going to be hard to be the underdog. So right now, I say I still use that term underdog, but purely because there's still a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of doubters out there, still a lot of haters. You know what I mean? They're going to say stuff, and that motivates me. You know what I mean? And again, uh, I I love that. Obviously, it'll be good, you know, to get the recognition as well. But again, I always try and find po- positives out, out of negatives. So if people want to doubt me, and uh, people are going to disrespect me, rather than me crying about it. I'm going to use it as fuel and I'm going to shut them up. And I go, all right, you, uh, you want to put your money where your mouth is, you know, bet against me, whatever it is. I'll make my, my, the guys that support me money and, you know, I can prove you wrong and you can give me that motivation. You know what I mean? So there's positives out of, out of every negative, as I said. But, uh, you know, so these guys can say whatever they want and, and it's all good. And, man, I love a good underdog story. You know, I mean, no one expected a bloke from a small town where I'm from, a small gym, to go out there and be the best, best fighter in the world at the division, you know, in a stacked division as well. Who would have who would have expected that? A lot of people don't want that. But hey, I'm here to stay. Get over it. You know what I mean? You may hey, jump on board, you know, because I'm not going nowhere. Again, I don't want to sound cocky, but you know, it's it's hard work through hard work and discipline and doing all the little things right and things that you have to. You know what I mean? I, I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't. I'm not the most athletic guy, the most talented guy in the world. I'm not the most. Uh, you know, physical looking guy, you know what I mean? Like it's, you know, it was all through hard work. It's all through uh, determination and doing what you needed to do, doing all little game planning, you name it. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, for people to sit there and be like, oh yeah, he, you know, he's talented or, you know what I mean? He's got, a, you know, he's very athletic. That's that's not true. You know what I mean? You see guys that are in the gym that they can jump twice. You know, I can't jump for shit. I'll tell you right now, I can't jump for shit. You know what I mean? So, but, you know, put me in a situation, uh, you know, I'm going to do what I need to do to win. Wherever I put all my tools together, I'm going to figure out use fight IQ or, or you know, h- however I need to do it. You know what I mean? There's there's so many so many ways of of uh, winning, so many ways of being successful. 
Uh, you know, a lot of people just want to look at things this way, you know what I mean? And, you know, again, that's what I feel like the underdog. People think you need to be a certain way, look like this, do things a certain way. And I've proved that, going, nah, fuck you. I'm going to do it this way, my way. You can say whatever you want, but, hey, I'm here to stay. And and I love that. And, you know, even with the, the team that we had, uh, Team Volkanovski, uh, there was comments, uh, you know, you don't see it in the show where, where Ortega and his coaches and, when we picked them, we didn't get to do too much research anyway, but we got to evaluate the boys. And what I wanted was good attitude, who wanted to be there, coachable, all these little things. So you got all, all these credentials and, and, and things like that. So I remember we, we picked the team and we were very happy with our team. And comments going like, oh, you didn't do your research, you know what I mean? And even a couple of guys on their team saying things like, oh, if we don't win this whole thing – I don't know what's, uh, you know, I don't know what's wrong. Like as if, you know, again, looking at all our guys as if they're all a bunch of underdogs and they've got no chance. And I was just like, and these are comments they're making. And obviously it was a slow start. Uh, and these people are trying to be like, oh, no, I use just keep that same energy. And now we're starting to turn it around, you know. So, uh, again, spoiler alert, I'm letting you know. Uh, we're down zero and four. Now we won the last four. So it's four and four going in the semis. And just talking about the fact that, when I look at world champions all over Australia, like the way Australia celebrates our world champions, you know, if there's a world champion swimmer, we know everything about them. If there's a world champion, uh, you know, anything, even boxing to an extent, but they're so high profile and so much coverage. Do you sometimes feel, uh, I guess, the UFC is still growing that your achievements may be a little bit underappreciated in Australia? Like you're a world champion and you and Rob Whitaker. Um, you know, Rob's fighting for a title, hopefully against Israel um, later in the year. But you could have a, a position where we got two Australian champions, and there's only seven belts to hold in a sport that's worldwide. But you guys probably don't receive the the recognition you probably should back home. Do you feel that as well? It makes you. Uh, we're talking on the theme of underdogs. Yeah, man. It's a. Yeah, look. It's just, I guess, it's a pretty uh, you know polarizing sport and, and things like that, and you know you. It's a uh, in Australia. You do obviously the big cards. You, you do see see it around, and it will go pretty mainstream. But it wouldn't be uh, mainstream at the same time as well. You know, if we we've got to be sort of re- realistic. So it's it is still a, a newer sport that I feel is growing so much. You can see it every every mate, even every month. It's growing in Australia. So that will change. But um, yeah, you're right. You're definitely right. You know what I mean? You, you're in other countries, you know, UFC is just absolutely massive. In Australia, it still is massive. Uh, it is still growing. But, um, you know, is it on TV every day? Uh, you know, yeah, maybe not. You know what I mean? So, uh, but again, that's just uh, that's just, just the way it is. Uh, you've got to just play whatever cards you dealt. And, and our sports is a crazy one, you know, and I'm getting deep here. So our sports are a crazy one. Even just winning, you know, you can you can be the best in the world and win every fight, but sometimes that might not be be enough. You might need a, you need this massive finish, you need this big knockout, uh, you need this war. You know what I mean? Even though you can go out there and absolutely outclass and show some, show the your opponent you're just way too good for them, but some people are you know it, it might not be good enough for. Where you could go out there and get bashed for half the fight, do a massive comeback and knock this bloke out. Even though I got bashed and showed that this guy's probably better than me, I landed a lucky punch. More people are talking about it. More people are, wow, how good was that? You know what I mean? And you know, it's a, it is a crazy. Again, it's it is an entertainment business, and we understand that. So it is a little bit different to a lot of other sports. Uh, but 
But again, you just uh, that's just the way it is right now. But I believe that all that is going to change. Um, and that's why you've got to do things like, you know, with, with your socials. And I've never really been too big on socials and, and all that. You know, I, I was always on it and doing things. But now I'm like, you know, I enjoy it. You know, that's why I've got my own cooking channel. I've got my yeah, YouTube and I'm starting to just like get right into it now and and uh, get amongst them. Just really, uh, you know, obviously you talk about building your brand and doing what you need to do. Uh, which is a big part of it. And I've never been too fun, fond of it. I was just the type of guy, just get me in the gym, gym, and I'm going to bust my ass. I'm going to you know, go out there and win a world title, you know what I mean, do what I need to do. But, I mean, there's so much more you need to do. So even uh, – and I'm, I'm, I'm growing with that. And I'm understanding all that. You know, I never was really taught these things. Again, maybe that's because I'm from a small town and, you know what I mean, and, you know, we, we don't really know, know some of the things that I know now. So it's uh, it's crazy. So you know that's that's what the beauty of of uh, you know well even knowing what I know now and, and having uh, Ortega and being able to like sort of get to know this guy and hate this guy because right now I'm like you know what I'm going to go out there and I'm you know winning isn't enough for me just now going out there and just out competing this bloke isn't enough. I want to go out there and you know maybe I don't have to say hurting but I want to go out there and I want to finish this bloke. I want to set a statement. I want people leaving their, their their lounge room. I want them leaving that arena going, how good was that? You know what I mean? He just went and just absolutely smashed this bloke. And, uh, you know, again, uh, I've never really thought about that type of stuff too much where now, uh, you know, now all this sort of stuff is, uh, you know, it's sort of getting proven that that's, that's what needs to do, especially in this sport. And, you know, I'm happy for that. I'm ready to go out there and entertain it and put on a show. So, again, winning isn't enough right now. I want to go out there and I want to finish Ortega and, you know, what, just really just, yeah, put some hands on him. Even even going out there and submitting him, people thinking you can't go there. Go out there and set a statement and go there and be like, well, yeah, I can't go on the ground with you. Punch his head through the canvas, have him cowering, wrap a submission and be like, yeah, oh, you know what I mean? People are trying to say he's one of the best submission guys in, in the UFC go out there and, and finish the bloke in his world, you know, really set a statement, go out there and really put on a performance. That's something that I'm really keen on doing and I can't wait to go and do. Can't wait to do it. Right. And that's exactly what's going to happen. We can't wait to watch it. I, I, I find it interesting that you raise the kind of show aspect of everything and, mm-hmm. and having to learn that that element of of the game because, yeah, as you said before when you, you, you were speaking, that you're a, you're a nice guy, you're not really – uh, you know, a, a, probably a confrontational guy. You're just a guy that is just, just happens to be a good scrapper, but you're a really nice guy. Is it hard to, to be that guy? And then uh, do you almost have to have a different, like a, a showman personality at times? And 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 is that what is that what you're saying? You're learning. I do care about what I used to care too much about. I still do care what the people think, but because I, you know, I'll, I'll try and. Uh, I was always worried I was going to offend people. If that makes sense, I was always a. Uh, Worried, like we even with things that I said and that I didn't want to disrespect anyone, even though I wasn't disrespecting, I was worried that people might take it the wrong way, and you know, little things like that. So it made it very hard for me to to even just be myself. So I was myself, but in a very I I need to you know sort of a cautious sort of way, and you know, again, like you know, just worrying that you know if I if I say something. Uh, you know, they might take it the wrong way. It's like, mate, if they, but at the end of the day, if these people are going to twist my words and take something that I, I obviously didn't mean and just put words in my mouth, that's on them. I shouldn't have to worry about that, you know what I mean? I'm starting to understand that, especially through social media, obviously getting a lot of hate and all that. Obviously, being a champ, you get a lot of a lot of hate. And so you, you, you learn to sort of 
like live with that and not not worry about that and not let this stuff you know there, there's always going to be negative confident uh, uh negative comments so i don't need to change who i am for these people that are going to have negative comments you know what i mean if they, they want to be negative towards me for certain things all right so, yeah sorry mate but yeah i'm just going to be me you know i'm not trying to offend anyone if you're offended whatever mate, there's, there's nothing i can do about it so that's something that uh i feel like right now uh i can just be myself you know what i mean and uh, you know i don't if people are going to sit there and if I want to talk about me like in Harry Potter and, you know, oh, but people are going to think you're, you know, you're, you're a little kid or whatever, you know, they, you know what I mean? Like, I don't care about that type of stuff. I can just be myself. Uh, you know, I, I love my cooking. I can put my cooking on my, my channels. I can have my own humor, you know, all that type of stuff. And I don't have to worry about it. Where before I felt like I used to, I was myself, but I tried to cage everything in and I was real careful with what I said. So I'm really opening up here. But uh, where now I feel like, you know, I can, I, I will be myself. I could be a lot more free, open and say what I went. If people want to judge me for something, that's okay. They can, you know, I'm just being myself. So I don't need to worry about that. And I've always been the type of guy like, yeah, I'm nice. But if, if I don't like someone or if someone's going to say the wrong things to me, I'm going to buy back. You know what I mean? That's, that's just like anyone would, you know what I mean? So uh, it's just, I've never been in that, that situation. That's what's good about this one. Again, it's not fake. It's not, people are going to say it's fake beef. At the start of the show, I was going to stir the pot, not because I hate the bloke, just to stir him up and, like, you know, getting his head and, and you know, team versus team, you know, sort of, you know, getting get in the head and do that. But, I mean, I did end up growing to hate the bloke. I don't, don't really like the guy, so uh, – which is good. You know, this is, this, this, is, this is real. I do really want to – I do really want to put hands on him and beat the shit out of him, So which is good. And I do – I feel fine saying nasty things to him if I have to, you know what I mean? So it's good. It's real. I don't have to worry about that. But that's something that um, I always – hello, darling. You are right? <laughs> what are you doing? I'm, not, I'm, doing the, I'm doing the interview, darling. You want to say hello? Yeah, I'll be, I'll be finished soon. <laughs> Homeschool. Who, who, who's yeah, – homeschool and lockdown. Who, who's the – Pajama day today as well. Oh, hey? who, who's, who's the little one? Uh, what's her name? That's Ariana. Ariana. Oh, yeah. Ariana. Yeah, so that was uh, my oldest uh, daughter. But yeah, look, man, uh, I'm dragging that on. But you know, it's just I, I'm beginning to sort of understand more more about myself and, and being comfortable with 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 being myself and all that type of stuff. And again, uh, even you know, I'm more comfortable even with my skill and all that type of stuff uh, as well. So I'm ready to go out there. And right now, I'm I believe I'm at my peak. Uh, I'm so composed. I'm so comfortable where I am. Where I, you know, I can I can still obviously I'm going out there to win. But now I am looking for the finish, you know what I mean? There are going to be risks going to be taken because I feel like I'm good enough to to take them risks and all that type of stuff. I'm going to do what I need to do to get that finish to really set a statement because I know that's what people want and, you know, that's what I want now as well. So uh, so that's why, again, I guess I am growing to it all and understanding. But, again, you know, obviously, you know, I'm going to still use that fight IQ and be smart about it. But I believe my skill is on a whole other level where I have a, a perfect medium where I can be too hard to hit be too smart and put a beating on this bloke and get that finish. Where does all this, it seems like you've had this kind of, I guess, renaissance in the way you think, not just about the way you you think about yourself and the way you act, but the way you fight as well. Has this been growing over the last couple of years or has this been, there been a moment that's kind of brought this whole kind of mindset shift for you? Mate, it's, it's probably grown in, in the, not even like a year, maybe in a, in the year, not even a year, to be quite honest. You know what I mean? It was a, 
I was probably getting a lot, a lot more hate, obviously, after the, the defence and things like that. It was probably after that where I guess the, like I said, like, you know, you even though you get, like, the negatives, right, getting a lot of hate and all that, it it made me stronger. It made me uh, adapt to this and it made me, you know, sort of get a real understanding of, of what's going on because, again, I, I wouldn't get as much hate even though you still would. And these people, I would get negative comments here and there. And I used to, I used to be the type of guy, I'd be like, oh, they think this, I better change. Not change, I better, I'll be careful of that next time and uh, maybe I won't do it this way. So, uh, and I would I would try and, I wouldn't say comfort them, but I would try not to offend uh, these guys that are just looking for a reason to hate you anyway. And I, now that I'm like, now I'm like, man, they're, gonna, they're, they're looking for things to hate you. You know, you still got a lot of fans that love you for who you are. Just go out there, worry about them, and that, that's all. You know what I mean? So that's uh, something that I've, uh, I'm a lot more comfortable with. And, again, I was never taught these things. Uh, maybe, you know, they always say, sit there and say, you know, nice guys, you know, you know, finish last and all this. I don't believe that. But, I mean, they're, they're, that, that does, you, you know what I mean, there's, there's got to be a medium with that as well, where I feel like I was so worried about uh, keeping other people happy where it, it could have, it was affecting me in certain ways and things like that, even my family and all that. Where now, I'm like, you know, I'm comfortable with who I am. Um, I know that, I know that, I, you know, I'm, I'm not the, I'm not a saint. I'm not the nicest bloke in the world. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm a saint, but I'm very happy with who I am. If people are going to hate me for it, whatever, that's fine. But again, now I can be myself. Now I can talk about these things comfortably. Now I can go on a YouTube, my YouTube channel. I can cook a barbecue and I can say whatever I want. And you know what I mean? If people are going to be like, whatever, okay, whatever, it's all good. I don't mind. I can just be myself. I can be free. I can show my character more. I can have a bit of fun. I can have a bit of banter. You know what I mean? And, and all that type of stuff where I feel like I was holding back uh, a lot of that before. I was myself. You know, I wasn't a, but I was just holding back. Yeah. Where now I can just, I can just be me. I love to see it, brother. Tell me if that about, makes sense. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I love to hear it. Um, tell me about your family, man. We just saw. Uh, your wife and, and one of your young daughters come in and I again researching about you I, a lot of guys fight for legacy a lot of guys fight for I guess world titles and all that stuff which is I imagine obviously obviously important to you but reading about you it it's just all about what you can provide for them and then that's it right yeah man well I want to be successful right and uh Again, I'm growing, right? I'm learning so much more. And like, you know, with, you know, motivation, my family is my motivation, 100%. You know, that is my, my biggest motivation. Legacy isn't my biggest motivation. But, you know what I mean? Legacy, at the end of the day, uh, is a big deal. It is something that I, I am starting, I'm growing on. And there's something like, you know what? I want to be, I want to be known as the best featherweight of all time, pound for pound, best in, in the world. But I want to, you know what I mean? I, I want that. Uh, not only with that, that that'll help with my brand and all that type of stuff, you know. It helps, it helps being successful and everything anyway. But again, uh, I'll be lying if I told you that was my biggest motivation because at the end of the day, I need to win. I need to be successful for my family. And that's that. You know what I mean? And and I'm not in this sport forever. So I can't expect to just win a few fights, hold the belt, and then finish, and that's it. I'm going to be sorted out for the rest of my life. It ain't that easy. I'm only in this game for a small amount of time. You know, you need to build your brand. You need to be successful. You need to build a legacy that we can live off as well. And that's something that, uh, again, I'm learning. I'm learning so much, man. It's just these things were never – I was never taught these things. I had no idea about it. You would never hear these types of words come out of my mouth. But, uh, again, it's just 
that's again being that underdog you know what i mean being that underdog and uh, you know from a small town and you know again like a man I, I just look back at who who i was back then and i just man this kid had no idea you know what i mean i really do do like look back and think that so it's a uh, it's crazy but at the same time you know my family is my motivation i do it all for them uh but uh you know legacy is something that you know i do want to leave a, a good legacy behind and again that will help to be successful and that will benefit my family which is key for me we mentioned the names that have held that featherweight belt and you say you want to be the best featherweight of all time mcgregor holloway aldo yourself is that something you're now comfortable saying out loud and has it always been something or maybe you've held it back in your head because it's a big statement and it's a it is a big statement but at the same time I'm comfortable saying that I'm not that far away from it. You know what I mean? And, I, and I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, so it's, again, you know, it's, there's all these other little things that, that come into play as well. When you talk about, you know, your legacy, and, um, you know, it's entertainment business and, and all this play a big factor. And, uh, you know, so, uh, and I, I'm, I'm starting to understand that, you know what I mean? I really, I really get that. But, you know, I believe that I am the, yeah, pound for pound, Competitively, as a fighter, I'm one of the best uh, featherweights ever was. You know what I mean? I'm comfortable saying that. Uh, but you know, when you talk about you know, like a legacy and things that look, look what Aldo's done, and he was a champion for like oh, ten years, or you know what I mean? Like how long? You know, he was a featherweight champion. You know, to be in a sport like this, very, very, it's a crazy sport. We all know. You're able to punch his chance and all that. And you're you're going to have off days. You're going to have bad days. Anything can happen. It's mixed martial arts. You could get a you know lucky submission, a lucky punch. You could be sick, uh, bad weight cuts. You name it. This is a very unforgiving sport sometimes. And to be successful for ten years, to be on top for ten years, do I feel like it was as competitive as now and all that? Maybe not. But to still be that competitive for so long, that's that's just incredible. You know, I mean, it really is. So that's why we talk about the goats. Uh, and things like that and you know to, to so i don't think i'm that far away i still feel i need to do uh, a few more defenses but i mean uh you know you know people you hear um you know max's name get mentioned and again i've got a lot of respect for max i know we obviously got our rivalry and whatnot but again you know he was a great champion but to try and say that he is the goat over max holloway i mean over over josie aldo jose is just is just ridiculous i believe yeah yeah you know what i mean he you know he beat he beat uh, Aldo, but again, you know, he was successful for 10 years. I mean, you come out and again, obviously, you know, we showed that there's a new, you know, the game evolves and, you know, there's a new generation and we're showing that. And, uh, you know, the same happened with me and Max, you know what I mean? So uh, I went out there and, and took him out, him out twice. Yeah, does that mean I'm further in the GOAT, you know, pound for like GOAT status with, with him? No, he's had more defences and he's beat, you know, champions. So I, I believe that, you know, for what he's done, I'm, I'm not there yet, but I'm not that far away. And the same as Aldo, I'm not that far away. You haven't had 10 defences, but the guys I've beat, you know, you, you know, Chad Mendes, you Max Holloway's, you know what I mean? I'm going to go out there, take Ortega. You know, there's a, these are these are big names. These are a high-level dudes, uh, you know, with great records. So it's a, so that's definitely – I'm not that far away, and I know that, and I'm comfortable saying that. Right. That's unreal. Um, and we can't wait to see what you do over the next – over the next five years and and where you're at right now, you say you're in your prime. So uh, the best is yet to come. Is is that what you think? 
Yeah, man, 100%. I'll tell you what, even that time away, again, I do this all for my family and, you know, being away from my family for, for three months was tough. It was hard. It was really hard for me. But that time away where even though I was sick, being sick, I had all this time to uh, work on details and, and, and fight study, game plans and all this type of stuff, even in the house, game planning for my, my athletes against Team Ortega and, you know, just fine-tuning all this, this coaching and really going to details for all this, uh, you know, and it was crazy. I had so much time on my hands to do that. I had nothing but time over there. And, man, I believe it really did bring me to this whole nother level, whole nother level where I'm starting to see, you know, even with, uh, you know, sparring and that, once as soon as I come back, I'm nowhere near as fit as I was before I left. But the, the way, I, the you know, the, the chess match I'm playing now compared to what I was playing even a few months ago, the chess match I was doing then was pretty incredible. But right now, the chess match I'm having in the sparring, you know, in the in the in the gym, is just incredible. You know what I'm seeing now, and you know the the reads I'm getting and the finishes I'm seeing everywhere. You know what I mean? I believe I'm on a whole other level. I'm seeing finishes everywhere, and uh, you know that was something that I never really sort of a. Uh, I wouldn't really see that. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll be really good. I'm you. I'm really good at using the pawns, right? Really good at using my pawns and, you know, boom, setting up traps and doing all this stuff. Now I'm smashing them with the castles. I'm absolutely smashing them with the queens, you know, the yeah. big guns. I'm going out there and I'm just offense, baby. You know what I mean? I'm seeing the offense is just teeing off. So, uh, you know, again, this this uh, this chess match that I'm having now is is a different type of chess match I'm playing because I'm just so good at all these other tools. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm so comfortable where I am and, and all that type of stuff. And that, that time away and that focus that I had, on all that type of stuff was just pretty incredible. There was even a couple of other guys that were with me and we had nothing but time to just pick each other's brains, fight, study, watching boxers, watching kickboxers, watching, uh, you know, UFC veterans, you name it, you know, just going out there and just picking them apart, breaking them down from inch to inch. You know what I mean? It was uh, it was pretty incredible. And I believe I'm on a whole another level. And, hey, talk is cheap. Give me, give me a couple of months, I'll get to show you. So I can't wait. And I get to show you on the taker's head. So let's go. We can't wait, brother. That is unreal. And I wasn't expecting a, a chess metaphor from this interview. So uh, <laughs> you've extended all expectations, man. I just want to finish with – we like to finish with a couple of fun little questions. Um, and I know this one's probably – I'm interested to see what you come up with for this one because you've obviously met a, fam- a lot of famous people uh, in your line of work. But is there someone in your time of the people that you've met that's rattled you and gone, I can't believe I just met that person? Probably have to be Joe Rogan would be one of them. Joe Rogan, doing the, yeah, so when I did the, the obviously even Dana White and all them, Bruce Buffer and all that, them types of, because I've loved this sport for so long, you know what I mean? They're, they're just absolute pioneers of the sport, you know what I mean? So they've always been there. And uh, so, but Rogan, mate, you know, going over there and, and doing that, uh, the Joe Rogan Express for the first time, I think there was a lot of it because I, I was in uh, Vegas for a for a for Izzy's fight against uh, Romero, and I I'm usually in Vegas to train and fight, right? But this time I was there as a guest. I was there uh, as a guest because uh, I had a sponsorship deal, so I went over there as a guest. So I was able to drink and you know have a bit of fun, and I end up, you know, you know, I drank I, <laughs> I drank a lot in a couple of days, and I was absolutely wrecked. Uh, and this is the day before that. So I went the, over to to uh, Joe Rogan, to to where he was. This is when he was still in Vegas. Oh, sorry, LA. And um, I remember I was hungover. I was just like, 
I was out of it. And the fact that it was Joe Rogan, like that pressure, I don't even remember it. I like pretty, I wouldn't say I blacked out, but it was all like a big bubble. I was like, it was like I wasn't even there. I barely remember it. I had to watch the, the episode over and be like, did we talk about this? Did we talk? I had no idea. Just so that shows you how much of a, probably from the, you know, the alcohol and, you know, the, the big nights we had. But, uh, you know, just the fact that the stress of all shit, I'm hungover and now I've got to try and, you know, talk smart, big talk with Joe Rogan, you know, and it just sort of rattled me. So I'll probably have to I have to go with Joe Rogan. Mate, I'm sure you feel the uh, exact same pressure doing the Refuse to Lose podcast was where we're out to sign our $100 That's million. That's exactly right. We're going to sign our $100 million Spotify deal. I'm drink last night. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't drink last night. We're not far off our $100 million Spotify deal. Don't worry about that. Uh <laughs> what about is there a famous person you'd like to meet? Was there someone you think, oh, I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to get to have a chat to that person? Like the yeah, probably the Rock. The Rock. The Rock would be cool, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Again, be a big fan of him and just yeah. And uh, he's he's always at the. He's, I've seen him at some UFC events, uh, but I've never been close enough to say hello. So that's uh, probably someone that would be pretty cool. Yeah, okay, that's pretty cool. And just finally, man, um, and and thank you so much for your time. But your advice to future generations of, of fighters and uh, I'm, anyone, I guess, people that, you know, have a goal to to achieve and, and want to be successful on the world stage, what, what would be the biggest key thing that you could give them? Accept uh, that you're going to be uncomfortable sometimes. Accept it and move on. That's, a, that's what I mean, you know what I mean? Whatever there is, these uncomfortable things, uh, you know, whether it's just in the training room, for instance, um, you know what I mean? Like these, they're adversities that, you know, you, you, you take on these adversities, come fight time, you know, you've been there before, you've, you know what I mean? You, you, you've been under pressure, you know what I mean? You've adapted to that pressure, you've accepted it, you can move on, you know what I mean? Like, because there's going to be times if you don't put yourself in that position in the gym or in life, if you're going to shy away from everything, every time something goes tough, I'm just like, oh, I, ain't, I ain't dealing with that shit. You know what I mean? Once, there ain't going to be times you can do that. And when that happens, you ain't going to be in the right frame of right mind. You ain't going to be composed enough to get through it successfully. Put yourself in that position. I'm not saying go look for trouble, but I mean, like, you know, there, there's going to be, a, there's going to be a adversities that, you know, again, in the gym. For me, if, well, this is what I do, right? So I go into the, the gym room and I accept that I'm going to be put in this workouts that we do uh, where we are going to be, Broken, you know, and we're going to feel absolutely broken. You know what I mean? Like when I say broken, I mean we're going to be absolutely cooked. Where our body, we feel like we can't do any more. But you can. Uh, yeah, I'm going to slow down. Yeah, it's going to be a, a fight. It's going to be hard. But again, I've been there. I've accepted that. Yeah, I'm not going to do things perfect. How do I move forward? You know, what can I do to to, to move forward? You know what I mean? So well, I've been in the positions that positions that now. Whenever I'm in these positions. I still got a clear head. I still, I still got. A, I'm still composed enough to do what I need to do, and I, I believe that that's helped me. And through life, all the life experiences, I'm glad. You know, I wish I could give you just a small quote, but I want to. I want you to understand what I'm trying to say. Uh, you know, there's going to be adversities through life, but you know that 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 can that makes you you know a lot stronger for your later self. But, so accept it. Um, you know, we'll suck at the time, but I mean, let's let's move forward. You know what I mean? Well said, brother. Uh, and I think, as you said at the start, you're the, the definition of the Refuse to Lose podcast. So we thank you so much for your time and coming on uh, and so grateful for it. And, mate, good luck. UFC 266, we can't wait to see you 
uh, defend that title and keep that featherweight, uh, that belt, and, and continue to to own the, the UFC in your own way, brother. Really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for coming on. No worries, mate. Thank you. Keep that belt down under, baby. Let's go. Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. Thanks for listening, guys. We've got plenty more episodes coming your way very soon. Don't forget to follow the Refuse to Lose podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you.